Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to JU Israel, the Teacher's Lounge, where we keep you connected to what's going on in Israel and hopefully give you some insight and background beyond the headlines. I am remembering to say my name at the beginning of the podcast instead of not remembering and having to backtrack, which just took longer than actually doing that. I'm Michael Unterberg. I'm here as always with my co-host, Alan Goldman. How's it going, Alan? It's going great, Michael. How are you? Thank God. I'm pretty good. And this is one of those amazing episodes where we are joined by the Zen master of Israel articulation, Zev Ben Shachar. Hello. Okay, that was not his usual radio voice, but <laughs> you'll hear it as we go along. Um, He's getting ready for his baby voice. That's right, that's right. B'sha tova Um We actually had some difficulty in agreeing on what today's topic would be. And in particular, Zev, I think you had real concerns about the topic that I suggested. And so we've decided to uh, make the podcast episode, that at least part of it, that conversation itself. In the headlines recently, um, and in the headlines in general, we see a lot of corruption. And it, it becomes, I've found, for, for Hebrew-speaking Israelis, for Sabras, the focal point of a lot of conversation. If you listen to the radio, I don't really watch that much Israeli TV, but I hear a lot about it on the radio. It's so much of the conversation. For instance, we have this story now with Netanyahu, that he's being investigated uh, in two separate police investigations. He's been brought before the police, one of them about taking bribes in the form of cigars and pink champagne and other stuff, which sounds weird. Which isn't the first time this is uh, that he's been investigated for these kinds of excesses. There was the there was the ice cream uh, yeah, the scandal. How much he's spending. On well, that wasn't, I don't think that was bribery. That was just how no, much no. Yeah, uh, yeah. state money he was spending on his ice cream investigation. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know. That that w- was that a criminal investigation? They were looking into his expenses. Oh, wow. so right, but so, that's, yeah. are you using your money, right? I mean, the yeah, poor guy's got an ice cream addiction. Give him a break. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but the second one is more complicated. And it requires a little bit of background. So I want to explain what those are, but I want to talk about corruption in Israel in general. But really what we want to get to talking about is talking about the corruption. Because I have found a difference between English-speaking Zionists and Hebrew-speaking Zionists in terms of talking about it. And I don't know that either side is really getting the conversation right, which is why, Zev, I think it's fair to say you had some concerns about even having a podcast episode about this topic. Do you want to Sure. Uh, first, I should say that I'm not uh, familiar with all the details in this investigation. Um, and um, what it feels like in Israel is at least uh, that it's uh, a mishpat sadeh, like a field court that we're uh, um, judging before investigating. And, uh, and in this case, too, uh, we don't know the details. I mean, um, there hasn't been... Uh, a lawsuit yet, there hasn't been a verdict, and um, um, when you read the news, with especially the Israeli news, it feels like we're living in this uh, third world country where everything is corrupt and there's investigations against all our leaders, and God forbid uh, that uh, we should uh, be uh, legitimizing this. Which I, which I think is, is a perfectly reasonable concern and a good reason to not make this the topic of today's episode. I, I, think I, I would say that my um, hesitance to participate in this uh, podcast is exactly that. I don't want to give more air right. time to a conversation that needs to be investigated. Right. And my, my experience is that English speakers don't read past the headlines, don't like to talk about it, because they feel, I think, I think what you're expressing I've found pretty common 
among English-speaking Zionists. Among Hebrew-speaking Zionists, I very often find a sense of knowing the details and saying everything is corrupt and it's always going to be corrupt and that's the way it is. What do you want to say? No. Um, so uh, the only other thing I will say is I do think it's worth understanding why Israelis are so put out by the second investigation, which involves not only the prime minister but also the media. So yes, you, you wanna, can you explain like Yisrael Hayom and why that's relevant to this scandal? Okay. So Israel has, and correct me if I'm wrong, three dailies, major dailies. Um, one is Yisrael Hayom, or Israel Today, um, which is a free paper sponsored by Sheldon Adelson, who is a very big supporter of um, Prime Minister Netanyahu. A. B, Yediot uh, Tachronot, which is seen as, you know, uh, a major daily, um, and they also have the Ynet uh, internet site, which I think is probably the most popular news site for Israel, certainly by Israelis, the Hebrew one. Um, the English one's also pretty good. Then there's Haaretz, um, which is generally seen as Israel's New York Times, let's say, right? The sort of more left, more, more... Uh, I don't know um, about sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely more left um, and much more critical and uh, attached with the Tel Aviv elite as the New York Times would be attached with the you know, East Coast elite in, uh, in America. Oh, I forgot the Mariv. I don't even know where Mariv stands today. Uh, it's still it's still holding its own, I guess. As any any paper, any printed paper is uh, is having its struggles um, in it. So I mean, there are also online uh, papers. Uh, there's also a dailies like Israel National News, which is considered more to the right, mm -hmm. and there are weekly papers like uh, Makor Rishon, uh, which is linked to to Mariv to NRG. But yes, you're right. It's not clear exactly where NRG stands <coughs> on these issues. And NRG is? Ma'ariv. Ma'ariv. Uh, uh, Ma'ariv. Um, but Mokor is generally seen as more right-wing and, and more connected with also sort of religious settler um, world. Uh, and there's the Walla News site. Yeah, there's tons of internet sites that have also chipped away, obviously, at the at printed news. Well, the, the printed news business is always in crisis, no matter where you are in the world, and that's why it's such a competitive field, which is right. sort of why... Yeah, go ahead. Which may be exactly the, this point that's happening with the, the exposure, the continual exposure of all kinds of corruption is feeding also that need to sell papers, get news, and, and whatnot. But... And uh, but the, the the particular issue that Michael was talking about was with the Ynet, the head of a Ynet um, a company. I don't know what the, the company is exactly called. What's his name is? Noni Moses. Yeah, Noni Moses. Thank you. Um, had a series of conversations with Netanyahu, and nobody exactly knows why Netanyahu taped them. They, he, they're his recordings, so why... Yeah. Recordings. yeah, so why he taped them and how they got out, I don't even, I'm not even that clear. I don't know how they were leaked. I mean, he said he... he I think that his office says that he recorded them to avoid being extorted by right. Moses. Yeah, that's the official line. But they, he recorded them anyway. Um, and basically, it was a discussion of uh, access to the prime minister and through having a more... Um, uh, uh, favorable um, perspective on the government and on Netanyahu particularly, because Netanyahu, particularly in the Israeli press, has a very um, contentious relationship. Uh, in fact, it's very, it's 
quite noted, it's quite obvious that he doesn't give interviews to um, local press. He only gives interviews to farm press, particularly American press. So where you see him on 60 Minutes last month in a very long interview, that doesn't happen in Israeli press. So Moses, the, the, the criminal investigation comes when Moses asks him if he will help suppress Yisrael Hayom, the free daily being given out and paid for by Sheldon Adelson, if you will help suppress that, which is eating into my sales at Yediot, I will get you more positive coverage in our, in our journalistic output. Right. Is that, that, I guess that's pretty much the bottom line of what's going on. Which, means, which, which, which is why so many Israelis, I haven't talked to that many, but the ones I've talked to are, are just rolling their eyes of like, the whole system is corrupt. So right. you can't trust the government, but now you, journalism is where we're supposed to get the facts about the government. And now we, s- we hear this tape, we look behind the curtain, and they're colluding together for their own advancement. And I think the latest poll, if you know, big polls with a grain of salt, obviously, as useful as they are, as useful as they are it has something like 64% believe that it's, you know, pretty much uh, true and what have you. But it's a, a level, I think, it, I don't think it surprises anybody in this country. I don't either, and let's and, and let's and I think all three of us absolutely agree with Zev's point, which is we don't want to come to conclusions right. based on innuendo and accusation. Although here we actually hear a tape, but we still don't. Let's allow the. And by the way, it's a, a discussion doesn't mean that anything actually ever happened, even if even correct. Uh, although know. there may still be legal implications to the discussion yeah, itself. You're saying that. A lot of uh, people in government are saying that, but in the news, people that read the news, uneducated people that read the news, immediately have a, um, a culprit, yeah. right? Before there was any uh, court, before there was any investigation. I, I, I do think it's fair to say that for Hebrew speakers reading the news, when they read one of these stories, they throw it onto their, this pile in their head of, yeah, of course, they're all doing these things. They're all corrupt. The whole system is corrupt. And I think, and correct me if, I, if you think my impression is wrong, in my experience, English speakers read the headline and just avoid thinking about it. If there's a conviction, let me know. But in the meantime, I don't really want to hear about it. I don't want to hear the details. And uh, so, I mean, my question, I don't really have no, I mean, maybe it's just a question that's ridiculous because, but I mean, how many English speakers are reading the news daily? I don't know. You have you have Jerusalem Post. You have yeah, Haaretz in English. You have Ynet in English. Yeah. You have Times of Israel, which I think is actually yeah. uh, probably pretty well. I mean, it's pretty well done. That's the one that I turn to. That's yeah. the one I prefer. Um, so they're getting people reading the news in English, and there's certainly a, a large Anglo community here in Israel, but also abroad. People who I mean, you live in a pretty Anglo community. So what would you say in terms of your Many people are generally tapped into the news, or they're not tapped into the news. They are not. I, I, th- I think to be fair, part of it is that if you, when you make aliyah, and you've, first of all, I think most people, some people follow politics like sports. In other words, most people aren't plugged into the nitty gritty inside baseball of politics. I don't really need to know. They and they'll, they'll pop in when they pop in, around election time, let's say, or if there's a huge news story. Some people follow politics obsessively the way you know baseball fans follow baseball and remember and have stats and things like that and then there's a large sort of your son-in-law Yadija who joined us for uh, yeah 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 yeah. me to a certain extent Mm, yeah 
I'm a, I'm a bit of a, well, I listen to You're political podcasts. I'm politics a news junkie. junkie. Yeah. yeah you, you don't just read the headlines. You actually take the time to read the news. The news. I, I, I love and to understand that, yeah. the news and, hmm. and then you analyze the news. Most people don't do that. Whether there is a difference between Israelis and Americans or Israelis and uh, uh, Europeans that uh, take the time to delve into it, that I'm not sure. I don't think so. And I, 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 think, I, think, I, think, I think I would disagree a little bit. I mean, again, things are changing, the world changing. But Israeli culture, you know, there's a very heavy Israeli political and news culture here that you didn't have in America, like growing up. Like for, for it no, I'm sure. saying so it may it may changing. be changing. No, I think you're. Right. I don't know it's what ha- changing. It's However, still on the bus. When the headlines yeah. uh, come on on the bus, the bus still stops and listens. Uh, that's what I want to say. Like in fact, you still have it here, which you don't have. I don't have in America, which is every hour on the hour, the national you know news stations play the news. Now you have stations now that have gone against it. 88 FM, which is all music, doesn't play it, even though it's a national you know radio. But but for the most part, most. Every hour, the news is played. Even every half an hour, right? And in my experience, the bus the bus driver will turn that on on the bus, and people will generally be quiet, if not to listen, but to let other people listen to the headlines. And as you to Israel, right, Uh, Michael? Because because people listen to the news here more, and you're a news junkie. That is the only reason. That is the only that and falafel. The falafel's a little better here, I find. It is a bit better. Yeah. So, um, but my, my. now I've lost track of what I... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, that we were talking about the, the news culture here and with right. if it's different among Israelis versus Americans. I, 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 I think it's different, but, and, and, but I think part of the reason that Americans have trouble following this level of detail isn't just their orientation towards politics. I think it's really hard to know the players without a good scorecard. I think coming in, you know, for people who follow... For people who are political junkies, they very quickly grasp onto the different personalities and the different parties. But for most people, that is not the case. For most people, you know, you, you, it's very hard to keep track. And th- because the Israeli political system is so different, I think it is hard for English speakers to follow Israeli political news well, just because it, you, you lose track of the characters. You, you, it's a feeling like I've come into a movie in the middle I don't know who everybody is. I see, I hear them yelling at each other, but I don't know their backstory, and I don't know what's going on. So it's hard to jump in in the middle. And I, and I, I guess, I guess I'm, not, I'm not really here to evangelize that you, you know, everyone should pay more attention to the news in that way. What I wanted to talk about was I, and 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 and, and be, essentially, I don't think I'm disagreeing with you, Zev, but I do think that I think that the the tendency of the news readers to just say, well, it's all corrupt and I don't care because they're all doing it. Mm-hmm. And the tendency to say, well, I don't even want to know about it because it's too upsetting and I'm just going to avoid it. And if something terrible happens, let me know. I don't think either of those are, are the healthiest approach for a republic to create a place of civic responsibility. And I do think that the, I don't want to hear bad news about my leaders comes from a positive feeling isn't going to change isn't going to hold them accountable in other words we should be demanding and i think in the west there used to be at least uh, i felt in the states there used to be a higher demand of i demand accountability and if if there's corruption we want it punished and in israel i think it's eroded you know you look at you look at uh 
you know, Rabin resigning in the 70s because his wife had a couple hundred bucks in an American account when she wasn't supposed to. That's not that's not the zeitgeist today, and 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 even if there was corruption in the days of Ben Gurion, and I'm sure there was, he wasn't. He was living in a dinky little apartment. There was a sense of politicians being on a mission, and it wasn't about their personal. There was political corruption. Political power, and it's about political power and wielding political power uh, as much as personal uh, power, as opposed to. I mean, if they were enriching themselves, I don't know how, because they, no, where, where they spent it. Because y you look at where they lived, and they lived in these dinky little flats with modest yeah, furniture. I, I don't think you measure corruption based on the size of the flats that uh, people uh, live in today or in the past. I think today we hear much more about uh, the corruption, the investigations. Uh, we oh. hear much more about um, just negative uh, things that are going on with our politicians. It doesn't mean that they're happening more today than in the past. What I'm suggesting isn't that it's happening more. I'm not measuring, but I'm saying that there is. Uh, I'm not saying that it's quantitatively more. I'm saying that there's a qualitative difference in corruption that comes from. I want to wield political power, so I will be. I will use non-legal methods, corrupt political methods, to destroy my political opponents, which I know happened in the past, mm -hmm. as opposed to, I'm stuffing my pockets using my connections. And what I'm doing may or may not be in the best interests of the country. But it, it becomes about me and my personal aggrandizement. Both, both uh, um, methods of corruption, in my eyes, are, are bad. Um, well, is, that, that's why it's called corruption, right? I don't, I don't think you're going – hold on. Zev's going on a limb on this one. Mm -hmm. He's saying corruption is bad. Alan? <laughs> it's very bad. <laughs> I would say it's very, very bad. Oh, wait a second. Well, I say it's very, very, very. <laughs> okay. You're just being corrupt. Yeah. Um, but, but I do think that today more airtime is given to these investigations. Uh, you know, if you read the news, if you look at Ynet, if you look at uh, uh, Walla News, if you look at uh, even uh, Times of Israel or Jerusalem Post, y you get the sense by just looking at the headlines that we are living in a banana republic in a third world country um, that it's like North Korea here. Um, and, and if you don't take the time to really figure out what's going on and to see that there are also some cool things and positive and moral things going on in this country, you get a distorted picture of reality here. So what, I, what I'm arguing is that if reading those articles gives you a sense of cynicism and despair that we're living in a banana republic, that's bad. But if it does give you a sense of moral outrage that th we have to do something to fix the system because it's not working, it's not keeping people honest, there aren't sufficient checks and balances. So that, for example, here's the pattern. Right. It's hard, it's here's hard the pattern. to ignore. Netany it's hard to ignore. Netanyahu was investigated his Forget first Netanyahu. in the yeah. 90s. Barack was investigated. Let's go through the most recent prime ministers. Then Sharon was investigated. Omer's in jail. I'm saying just the amount of public officials, not just at the highest rates, public officials throughout who have been under investigation and convicted and sent in jail. Who's in ba jail now, for example? Who's in jail now? So in jail now is, of course, Eud Omar. But you go further down to, um, to mayors, to heads of regions, ministers right? Uh, ministers, ministers of finance. Yeah. 
but I mean, right? I live in chief the rabbis. I live in the chief rabbis. I live in the Mate Yehuda Regional Council. The head of the region was is now was you know knocked out because he's under investigation, was pulled into jail with a whole bunch of other cronies. Uh, and in many ways, it's the system that and major figures throughout the police department. Major figures throughout police department. Through, throughout, you have this this um, uh, uh, corruption. Now the question is, and we don't have a way to measure it right now at this point. Is it happening uh, more today than it happened in the past? So I, I don't really care so much. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's and I'm saying yes, it's a good thing that we're investigating this today. Um, again, the question is: Are we presenting a? Um, are we presenting the context? Are we presenting a real picture of Israeli society by just writing about those cases of corruption in the news? How much positive news can you read today by looking? at some of the data. Well, well let, let me put it a different way. The cynical reaction of people who look into these things in depth and say, well, everybody's corrupt. I think that, uh, f for example, in the United States, I think the founding fathers of the United States assumed everybody is temptable and power can corrupt. So they assumed that, that humans are fallible and corruptible. And therefore, by creating a system of checks and balances, not that human beings won't be corrupt, mm -hmm. but that we will prevent it as much as possible. And when it, the prevention doesn't work, it will be caught and, and punished as an example. And around the, that system arose also a system of practices and norms, similar to how, um, how in a Jewish kitchen, there are laws about milk and meat mixing. But we, but Jewish kitchen runners, have developed a set of practices that aren't the law, having different sets of dishes, but they are there to prevent, you know, beyond the law, there's, there are a set of practices that prevent you even getting into the legal problem. Different sinks. Different sinks. So, so what you have in the you have in the political in the political process I'm most familiar with from growing up in the United States is that in the United States you have beyond the laws and checks and balances, you have a set of procedures and practices which are there to prevent the possibility of getting into corrupt are situations. Are you saying that these uh, practices and laws are lacking here in Israel? That they I don't exist. They, they are certainly not working. What Israel has set up, I think, is pervasively failing. And so we need to look at real systematic reform. So it sounds like what's going on today, um, again, not to believe everything that we read in the news, but um, with more investigations of corruption, of sexual harassment uh, going on, then this is a positive trend that's happening in Israel, that we're in the process of reforming ourselves yeah, of course. I think, of course, again, I don't want it to create cynicism. I don't want it to create, uh, what's the word for when you avoid by, something? By the way, why, why can't you say that the checks and balance are the fact that all these people are being hauled into court? Yeah, well, that's how you know it's not a banana republic, because if your prime minister is sitting in jail and your president, or past prime minister and past president and past chief rabbi are sitting in jail, then uh, it shows no, you not... chief rabbis are sitting in jail. Right. But it, it, yes, sorry. Well, that's I mean, not yeah, where yeah. most uh, media consumers are taking it. They're taking it to mean, yes, we are a third world banana republic. We're corrupt. All our leaders are corrupt, and it's a hopeless deal. Yeah, well, I think that's, that is self-defeating. Cynicism, I think, is always self-defeating. I think we have to have not only a sense of pride in what we've accomplished, but a sense of mission and drive and purpose that we have to make this better. And after, after thousands of years of finally getting a state, and in the Declaration of Independence it says this state must run not only in the principles of 
modern nation states, but also fulfill the ethical demands of the prophets of old. This is not what Amos and Isaiah were talking about when they described ethical governance. And so we have to develop, again, but not, not because I think people weren't corrupt or people won't be corrupt, but because people are temptable and fallible. We have to have, and I, and I think part of that comes from a civically responsible population which demands that its leadership create a sense, uh, create a, a network to protect it from themselves from falling into these situations. I mean, I think you would, you're, you would go f more fundamental. I think we, we, we all would with that. A, un a unhealthy society means it's not sustainable, right? So, uh, you know. It, well, I think that's it, what the prophets were saying. Exactly. And so, therefore, it, it, it demands for us to, to clean up our act, let's say, if we want to be sustainable here and we want to, we want to, um, to continue growing and progressing um, as, a, as a modern society. Um, I'm, lo I'm looking for the word for what, if, if, you're, if you're reading it, then, you're, then, you're, then you shouldn't be cynical. And if you're not reading it, you're avoiding it. What is that? What's the word for that when you just avoid looking at the problem? I don't know what the word is dissonance or I, I don't know but 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 either approach I find won't move it forward and I think we should be at least have the 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 the, the pride in the fact that we are a state that holds its leaders accountable in a way that most nation states right. do not and let me add to just uh, um, a little nuance here is that it could be that in the past um, we didn't investigate at all or we hardly investigated we hardly uh, had these types of conversations uh, in the news. Our leaders were untouchable. And that now, in an effort to reform that, we've shifted to the other side of the spectrum where we investigate everything, where every little misdemeanor, where every inappropriate uh, comment made by a Knesset member to his uh, colleagues, to, his, uh, to the people that he supervises, is investigated and uh, vilified, and perhaps we need to find the balance somewhere. It could be. I'm not. Whoops. I'm sorry about that. It's uh, different equipment. Uh, I, I'm not sure that uh, that that's true, though. You'd have to convince me that that was the case. In other words, there's another phenomenon going on, which is everybody remembers the good old days as being the good old days, and uh, as Rabbi Yosef Blau often says, well, they were old. I don't know if they were better. And in other words, like you look at the Lavon affair. You look at where the press ripped into, I mean, this happened quite a bit in various administrations in the past. If you look at history, the press was, and, and that's the press's job. So I don't know that we're doing it, the press is doing its job. Uh, I don't know if the press is doing it more today than I don't. it did. I, I don't, if it I is, if it, if I don't have statistics about right. that. And, I, and, I, and to me, my question is, are they doing their job well at any given time? Are they doing, are they serving the Israeli public? Part of, the reason that, that, that this case, case 1000, which is just the plain bribery, case 2000 is the wheeling and dealing of uh, Yadio with, uh, with the prime minister. Part of the idea of corruption in the media is also deeply concerning and, and fits this zeitgeist that we have today of deep cynicism about all institutions, that all our institutions are failing us. I think that, I mean, that if we maybe go to another level of meta, I think that, that that's partly of what's going on. It's not only that our institutions are failing us in as right, Richard Haas's new book talking about how the institutions that were created post World War II are not all uh, applicable They're not um, working. today. They're not working in a new world. We're in a new world. We're in a post. We're in a postmodern world. We've left the modern world. We're in a postmodern world, and the institutions are not working. So, 
in other words, that's maybe, an, potentially I'm arguing that that's maybe another sign that our institutions aren't working, that that corruption is a sign of the failure of the institution. We need new institutions to address the issues of today. And part of what drives us to that is the sense of moral outrage that the institutions are failing us at a basic moral level. Right. That it's not enough to it's not enough to read it and say, oh, they're all terrible. You have to say, well, now what do we do? And so we have to hold the media accountable for its failures. We have to hold the leadership accountable for their failures. But more importantly, I think we have to push for genuine systematic review. Why aren't things working the way they should? And I, I don't know exactly how to do that, but I, but I do think that it becomes the... And by the way, I would argue that that's a Zionist ideal. Yeah. That's the whole concept of the Zionist ideal. Okay, you see something, you see a need, you need to address it. You don't run from it, you don't walk away from it. Say, okay, let's address it. Let's take it by the... It's also yeah, the roots the of democracy. You work for me. You and the government, you and the newspaper, you work for me. And when you're not doing your job for me, I am holding you accountable. Yes, but also let's keep it in context. And uh, when I read Haaretz and I read the headlines and I read uh, Ynet or, or Walla, again, um, am I reading uh, truthful news? In some cases, yes. In some cases, no. But the problem is that I'm reading mostly about what's not working, mostly about the negative aspects in Israeli society, in Israeli politics, with Israeli leaders. Um, that is not a truthful picture of reality here in Israel. So I would argue that there is nobody giving a truthful picture of Israel because there is no one truthful picture. And part of the idea of how a democracy is supposed to work is that's their job, to be the guys digging into finding the dirt under the, the fingernails. They're the ones, well, That's let's, not yeah. only their I job. don't know. Their job is to describe what's going on here. And what's going on here, again, is not just the bad stuff. Is who, not who, just defines, who defines reality as what's going on here? They have an angle. They think what they're telling you is going on is what they think is going on. And the multiplicity of voices, the fact that you disagree and don't they're, think that's a realistic picture is your job. And that's why you, as the Zen master of Israel articulation, are necessary for the Jewish people to be out there saying, guys, focus on the mission. Focus on the positive. Focus on what's wonderful. Because no, that's also I'm a true part of the story. That. I'm saying focus. Tell the truth. And tell the truth positively and tell the truth negatively. I'm not saying... Uh, ignore that these uh, cases of corruption are going on. I'm not saying ignore difficult political uh, questions. I'm saying talk about that, but also talk about what we have accomplished in 70 uh, years. Well, here. that's not, but that's definitionally, that's not news. In other words, today's Haaretz can't talk about the last mean? 70 years of, that's What's not today's news. That's not a headline. Companies that are changing the world, doctors, medical patents that are changing the world today are not news. It's not in the news. It's not in the news. It's, it's not enough. It's, what I'm saying is, read Haaretz, read Ynet, it's not enough in the news. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Israel, Freedom House is a, is a non-government organization, an NGO, that every year gives a report card to the level of freedom in countries around the world. Okay? They downgraded Israel last year because Israel Hayom is paid for, Israel Daily or whatever you call it in English, is paid for by a single person given out for free, and it's essentially a mouthpiece for the administration. And so they're comp and it undermines other, the whole, the whole thing underlying this scandal. So now Yudiot has trouble selling papers because people are getting this free paper, which is, a which is to a certain extent not journalistic, it's appearing as journalism. That's their job, right? That's Freedom House's job to right. say, they still give us a high rating, well over six points, which is mm -hmm. in the freest countries in the world. 
They still give us green on their map. We're still in the free countries. But their job is to find where are, where are we reducing freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of the press, and hold us accountable. That's their job. I think to a certain extent, the fourth estate, and to use an old French, uh, the, 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 the press part of their job is a check and balance against the government itself to make sure they're accountable. And so they have to find what's wrong. So to a certain extent, people say, well, I wish the news was more positive. But part of the job of the news is to find what's wrong, to bring it to the attention of an educated citizenry. You need that for a democracy to work. And That's a vital role. Part of the job of the news is to tell reality as it is. And when they just describe the, the uh, uh, downfalls of Israeli society, of Israeli politics, they're not telling it how it is. They're creating a picture which is only partial. I think, uh, I think we have to, uh, a further podcast here coming on. What, what do we think the real role of the media is and what should be the role of media in general and also vis-a-vis -vis Israel? Um, yeah, let me just give you an example of what you run into when you look at the Ynet uh, uh, homepage. And uh, not that these things are not happening, but is this all that we're experiencing here in Israel today? Erdan, the Minister of uh, Strategic uh, uh, Affairs, um, the, minister, the Internal Minister, defense police in Um al-Khiran shooting, okay, the Bedouin event that uh, uh, happened yesterday. Maaleh Dumim annexation bill to advance. Arab sector calls strike in protest of demolitions. Former Ynet editor gives testimony to police. Um al-Khiran, the tragedy is just beginning. These are the headlines. This is what you read when you see the first page. We, we're talking about a world in which millennials um, and younger are consuming headlines. They're not consuming, they're not reading the details. They're not going in depth. Now, am I saying that these things did not happen? No, I'm just saying that other amazing things, inspiring things happened today which are not given any airtime. That's my problem. And, and that's I not reality, that we live in this negative uh, existence here all the time. That's not reality. And I, I'm disagreeing with you. I'm saying that journal the job of journalism isn't to inform me on full reality. And citizens who think that they learn their reality of what's going on on the planet from journalism I think are uninformed well, the problem is because that there because is a collapse is that people do think that that's how you learn about reality. You may not think that, Michael, but um, if you ask most people in the world, why do they read the news? I want to know what's going on. Why? So that I'm informed, so that I'm, I I can uh, be a better person, so that I can uh, get I get along in the world. Mm, it doesn't really help me to get along in the world to you know what's going on in North Korea or Albania here, or, here, here or here but even in Israel. It doesn't help me. It doesn't affect me one way or the other that there was a police who shot a guy in a car in a, a Bedouin. Because they're interested. Because they're interested, they you know So what I'm saying is that's insufficient. The idea of reading the newspaper is to be informed on issues I should be aware of to be a good citizen so that when it comes time to go into a voting booth, when it comes time to talk to send a letter or to approach my, my the politicians, I tell them what I demand and be fixed. And if I'm not aware of what's going on that needs to be fixed, how am I supposed to tell them and complain to them? So with the underlying... And, and I tell them, uh, this is what's working. I'd like you to continue doing what you're doing in that uh, domain. Of course, but that, I'll see that in the Which newspaper. Which is not something that you see... That I don't think that's the journalist's job. I, I disagree with you. I don't think that they're... Everybody complains about the news everywhere. And I think that that's a misunderstanding. That's not what journalism is built for. That's not what it does well. I think that... 
that is to a certain extent politicians' jobs you're to inform us. Well, there are different definitions and different roles of the journalism, but what you're saying is uh, you're talking about analysis uh, journalism, in interpretive uh, journalism. You're not talking about news per se. And I think um, when we do discuss news per se, um, then uh, you know, newspapers with integrity will tell it as it is here in Israel and in the world at large. And as it is here in Israel, as you can testify, of course, you're not uh, um, living in uh, um, terrible, difficult, challenging reality all the time, which is what many of these newspapers make it seem I like. Think, I think the, I, this is why I disagree with you. I think the burden is on the reader to know how to place these into the bigger context. It's not the newspaper's job to give you your perspective on your country no, or on the world. The it's the job reader's to job you, to give you the news and to give you and to hold a, and a to bigger hold context. We talk about this all the time in our courses, why you need to zoom out and why you need to understand the bigger context. But their job right. is not to advocate for Israel. Their job is to make an intelligent citizenry know, here's where you're being but let down, here's what you must hold your leaders accountable for. How else do I know what they're doing? Do that, but just showing the... Um, downfalls of a society and ignoring everything else that's going I don't on think, I, don't think not I don't think they're ignoring it. How do you know that there's, how do you know that there's new... I just, do, you want, do you want other examples? Wait, of, wait, of how headlines? do you know that there's positive things going on in Israel? Because I live here. So how because do you know there's an invention in the Technion? How do you know? Because I have to dig and find these, uh, these articles and these pieces okay, of news. Okay, so then all we're arguing about is, is the layout. But that's, that's a very important distinction because... Most people are not li like you. They're not the junkies that seek out the uh, positive stuff or that seek out the, the big full picture. Oh, Most oh. people will, will look at Ynet's homepage and say, oh, okay, this is what's going on. Okay, nothing new here. Our leaders are corrupt. There's uh, uh, tragedies going on. Nothing new here. Here's what we agree on. People should be positive and excited about the amazing things that Israel is doing for itself and, and its amazing contributions for the world. People and should be informed and, and energized citizens working to make Israel live up to its potential in all possible ways. We shouldn't turn the blind eye to the positive or the negative, and we should use our knowledge to demand of leadership a country that really does live up to the moral demands of the prophets of old. That, with that, we agree on I whether we disagree. We on that. Yeah. Yes. And that's what really matters. I think that's the, the core issue. Clearly, I was wrong about another podcast on media because you guys <laughs> can't can't be held back. <laughs> and I think I think that'll be our topic for today. We were going to talk a little bit more about the. We'll do, we'll save the Bedouins uh, for another for another day. So always happens to them. It's so true. <laughs> <gasps> it's like a metaphor. Yeah. Uh, that's will, what I, we will get back to this important topic of the Bedouins. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not. We're not. Yeah, we're not dismissing a minority population that feels poorly represented, and the complexities of dealing with a minority population. I think it's it's a it's a tremendous moral challenge to what the state of Israel is meant to stand for. Um, I and I, I am using the word moral explicitly more because Zev has pointed out to me that although it underlies what I talk about, we have to make it more explicit. That in talking about that, one of the things we have to do to increase positivity is bring morality as a central lens through which we view events and so that's I, i'm working in on that way we can understand uh, 
uh, both Israel, our lives, and the world at large. Yes, I'm working on making that a more explicit part of conversations. So that, and I, and I think that's true whether you're talking about journalism or anything else. Morality has to be our, exp- our w- one of the, if not the central lens through which we filter all Agreed. And I want to invite our listeners to uh, do some homework today and just browse through uh, newspapers online. Just look at the homepages of uh, Israel National News and J-Post and Times of Israel um, and Ynet and Haaretz and come and Walla and, uh, and come up with their own conclusions. And I want them to also do some homework, which is take a step back and look into what journalism is and the role that it plays in society. And tell me if you think Israeli newspapers are fulfilling that role. And maybe even compare between Israeli newspapers and Israeli headlines to American, European, South African, Australian, and, and maybe you know, realize that it's just the same or that there is a little bit, just a little bit of a tendency to quetch here all the time. Are we, are we marking the homework? Or? I'll grade. Zev will. Zev will give you grades, guys, so you better watch out. I'm going to let you do it we, for... We for have an ending problem on this podcast. <laughs> Let's just say goodbye. 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 Yeah, this is not... We're not going to make this uh, a Rush song or a Lord of the Rings movie. Thank you so much, everybody. Till next time. Bye, Alan. Bye. Bye, Zev. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Pleasure as always. Bye-bye, everybody.